What is up, you guys, and welcome back to the Force the Change podcast. She is nothing if not consistent. Look at her two weeks in a row popping out podcasts <laughs> like a freaking champ. Um, no, not really, because it's um, this is releasing on a Tuesday, and it's supposed to be releasing on a Monday, so she's nothing if not not consistent. Know what I mean? Um, anyways, hi, hello, how are you all? Um, I logged on to record this podcast today and my intro music is just straight up missing. So um, that's pretty cool. Um, if you tuned into this podcast and it was unrecognizable in the beginning, I do apologize. Um, we're working on it, question mark. It'll be back to normal later, maybe? Or we might just have new intro music. And maybe this is um, Anchor, the platform that I record this on. Um, maybe this is Anchor telling me that I need to update with the times and make a cooler podcast intro as opposed to just a couple sounds. Um, <laughs> get a little creative, Mads. You know, put some effort into this shit. Why not? Um, just kidding. Anyways, um, I hope y'all are having a great start to your week. Um I'm, you know, grinding this Monday. This this weekend has just been a grind. I mean, uh, Mama's been working really hard lately. Um, and per my um, commission style, has come into some cash flow. Um, and instead of being an irresponsible millennial and blowing it all on gym clothes, <laughs> I have decided to invest in my surroundings. And my boyfriend and I have started to do some house updates and uh, just kind of, you know, the house that I moved into. So he's lived here for quite some time. Um, he's got two brothers and his dad when they were all, uh, you know, coming of age. Um, he bought this house for them. I mean, they're a wealthier family. This, they're definitely well off. Um, he bought this house for them. So the boys would have somewhere to live, uh, in college, outside of college, whatever. Um, and the brothers have since moved out and done their own things. And, uh, Chase still lives at the house. So when, um, I was considering moving down here, uh, or we were considering moving, you know, somewhere together. Um, it was a pretty easy decision to move here because we had a three bedroom, three bath house to ourselves um in a great little neighborhood it's right by everything it's super nice the house is just a little outdated because they <laughs> they uh haven't really kept up with the maintenance on the house um in the time that the boys have owned it so um we've uh discovered many things lately um some that would be on that list are a leak in the roof um black mold in the attic, um, which would be why I have reoccurring sinus infections and the allergies down here are hitting me like a ton of bricks. It's not the allergies, it's the mold spores that I'm breathing in every night. Um, what else? Um, we had a pipe burst the other day. I gave Jackson a bath outside. Um, it was the cutest Instagram video ever, if you saw it. Um, but I gave Jackson a bath outside and I turned on the outside hose with the outside faucet with the hose attached and everything went fine. And when I went back 
back in the house about 30 minutes later after playing with the dog outside, the entire house first floor was flooded. Um, it was basically a swimming pool in our downstairs. So all the floors are ruined. Um, the pipe burst. Um, all of the appliances that were in here were so incredibly outdated. The microwave legitimately sounded like a spaceship taking off every time that you used it. Um, and it just kept getting louder the more that we used it in my six months that I've been here. Um, and eventually one day it just died. Um, so <laughs> all the other appliances have shortly gone after that. The garbage disposal, the uh, laundry, uh, not the dryer, the washer, the washer went, um, the dishwasher went, the microwave went. Um, did I say garbage disposal? The garbage disposal. Um, the garage is fucked up. The door, that's going to go soon. And the fridge, I believe, is not far from behind because that thing looks like it's from 1970. Um, but because we are renting this house from uh, Chase's father, we get to have all these updates included in the lease, which is great. Um, so all of these things are getting done um, in a very short time. Chase and I took on the um, project of getting the yard together last weekend so we completely redo the beds which uh mama does not do housework so by i mean we i meant me making up excuses of things that i had to do in the house to get out of gardening in 90 degree weather at 2 p.m on a saturday um i left that all up to handy andy over there um that was all him so he i can't really take any credit whatsoever for the yard but um yeah that was all him but it looks really good so that's cool the neighbors have complimented us on it many times and i have gladly taken those thank yous right right to me um even though i did nothing but um yeah, so that was fun. Um, on Friday, if you have a set of eyeballs and a set of ears, you probably heard about the Roe versus Wade getting overturned by the Supreme Court. And given this is a fitness podcast, this is not a political podcast, but I did go a little bit off on my Instagram and I am going to go off a little bit now um, in a much lighter and brighter terms. Basically, at the end of the day, on Friday, we catapulted ourselves back into the 18th century, right? Because that's 1900. Did I do that right? I don't know. She only has like four brain cells, you guys. Um, but it catapulted us back to like 1940 when women, you know, didn't have rights. Um, and uh, basically, it has just put every woman in grave danger pretty much um because there's already been countless i mean i just from i mean it's monday now and since friday there's just been countless uh i just read so many sad 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 unfortunate tragic and unnecessary stories on the internet about women that have um attempted to take their lives because of their pregnancies um, but they can't get out of that have almost lost their lives because of the lack of care that they were able to have. Um, some of them even being in doctor's offices and, you know, at the hospital when, you know, these pregnancies were going wrong and the doctor wasn't allowed to touch them because of the law. So um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get too into it because it'll make me upset all over again. Um, but this, you know, there are many political issues that I feel, um, I've said this before, but I feel that a lot of people don't pay attention to or don't really care about because they don't affect them. And I 
will be the first person to admit that I am one of those people that has happened to me um, when things have happened in the news uh, from past elections or politicians or whatever. Um, you know, I definitely haven't been as emotionally charged about them because they don't they don't affect me uh, because I I'm I'm not in the lower class um, and that's really ignorant of myself and for others um, to think that way because just because it doesn't affect you does not mean it's uh, <laughs> morally correct. Um, just because it affects people of the lower class, which is honestly the larger population, which is ironic. Um, everybody matters, you know, like everybody matters. And now this affects, you know, if you would say that the world is 50-50 men and women, 50% of the world, which would be, you know, every every man came from a woman. So it affects 100% of the world because it can affect your mom, you know, it can affect your sister, it can affect your girlfriend, it can affect your wife, it can affect, you know, any woman. So it affects everybody. And it is just, it's so sad and it's so unfortunate that we're going back to fucking prehistoric times, it feels like. Um, but history repeats itself, you know, and I think that we're stronger than the very, 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 very small number of men and women that sit up on that hill and make decisions for us. So I'm confident that I don't, I don't want to say anything that would, mm, I'm confident that things will work out how they are supposed to. Um, I don't want to get, like I said, too political or too into it, but basically it's, it's very fucked up. It's very fucked up. And uh, I don't think it sits well with really anybody. And if it does sit well with you, if its decision does sit well with you, I would, oh, you know, everybody's entitled to their own opinions, but I definitely don't agree with that one. Anyways, moving on. Um, I know that I've been talking about on my Instagram that I have a big announcement coming and I don't want to make it seem like it's life-changing or affects literally anybody but myself, but um, this is my page and my podcast and this is something that you guys have tuned into for quite some time. So we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> hey, um, so I have been gearing up this weekend. Sorry, I got a new office chair and it's like really squeaky. Um, I've been gearing up this weekend for a big week ahead this week um, because today, um, Monday, the 27th of June, I officially started a new program and a new protocol with a new coach. And this has been three months of searching, conversations, client testimonials, um, reaching out to any and every coach that I know and respect their opinion and uh, inquiring with them about who they would send their clients to with this issue or, you know, if they're one that does functional health, quote unquote, um, if they would be interested in my case, if, you know, hearing their opinions on my case, how they would approach it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, because I've faced it numerous times in the past with, you know, coaches I've either worked with or coaches that have, you know, inquired about working with me, um, in my case, that I know that functional health is a very buzzworthy, buzzworthy 
topic and also uh, like a title for coaches these days. Like a functional health coach is like someone, you know, GI problems are, <laughs> you know, it's funny that, you know, all of a sudden gut dysbiosis and GI issues and gut protocols are so popular right now, quote popular, um, or they keep popping up right now. And, you know, if that's, again, a podcast that I want to discuss later, but you know, there are so many issues that have been uh, occurring within uh, specifically America's food system. Um, and there's there's reasons that disease is on the rise and it has been for quite some time and GI issues are on the rise and they are only getting worse and allergies are on the rise and only getting worse. Like there's, mm, there's reasons for all this, this stuff. Um, if you pay attention, you can connect them all. But um, again, another podcast for another date because that's a whole other thing. But there, um, I've talked to a lot of coaches that have totally lost my train of thought there going back. Um, <laughs> we're killing it today. It's a Monday. We're all over the place. Just strap in. I promise we've got some informational things coming up. Um, but, um, I've dealt with a lot of coaches that, um, have wanted to take me on as like a challenge. Um, or like, they're like, yeah, I can fix you. Or they, they look at me like I'm, this is a difficult case and I'm going to be the one to crack it. And I don't feel that's very fair. Um, because I become a science experiment or a challenge as opposed to a person. And that was my biggest thing when looking and, and signing with a new coach and, and, uh, you know, paying a new coach for their programming, um, and agreeing to three, six, 12 months, whatever. Um, it's a big deal to me. And I wanted it to be with somebody that respected me as more than just a gut dysbiosis or a hormonal case. I'm not just a case. I'm a human you know, and it's coaching is very personalized, but it can get very cookie cutter and it can get very robotic. Um, and I've seen it. So I was not going to settle, uh, for anything or anyone. Um, and I ended up narrowing it down to, uh, three, it ended up being three strong candidates, um, that I was looking at, um, uh, and discussing. And that was like the last month of my coaching search, honestly, was, so I narrowed it down to three in about two months. And then the last month was like talking with my friends, my family, my boyfriend, like everybody just trying to make sure that I was ready and make sure that I had the right choice and the right person. Um, and I really feel that I do. Um, I feel that I've got the best, of the best. Um, and if you, you know, you got a big problem that no one can cause, why not start from the top down? So, um, I am working with Austin Stout now. I'm very, 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 very excited. Um, I've, you know, followed him and respected him as a, uh, coach, a, a man of science, honestly, um, and a teacher too. Like he, he just, he mentors so many coaches that I just had the utmost respect for him. And I'm, I'm very excited, uh, after discussing with him, my issues and, you know, really having a good dialect for quite some time. Um, and I appreciated all the, the coaches that I talked to for having patience with me as well, because I wasn't going to be that client that reached out got on a video call with them or a phone call with them and was signing with them the next day. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, this is going to be, you're going to have to, you're going to have to earn me as a client at this point. Like I, I know my worth at this point and I know that my case is a big one and a hard one and it's a challenge, but it'll also be cool to talk about. And it's a good one to add to your uh, portfolio if and when things would get better. So, um, I'm working with Austin. I'm really excited. Um, this is, my first step towards 
getting back into a competitive shape, into growing, into getting on a stage possibly in the future. But the biggest thing for me going into this that I had to have so many conversations with myself and be like, you know what, Mad, like at the end of the day, and in Austin, I had this conversation as well. It wasn't just with myself, but he also had it with me, which is another reason why I respect him is he came to me and he was like, look, I know that your goal and your end all be all is to fix these issues and to, so that you can get ready to compete again. And he's like, I need you to realize that that may not be possible and that this is going to have to be a day-by-day thing. We don't know what way this protocol could go. It could go good. It could go bad. We could find worse things. You, you never, you just don't know what's going to happen. It could go amazingly super cookie cutter and I could be great in three months. You never know. But it could go so many different directions. And so we can't expect competition and being competitive and competing as a wellness competitor we can't rest our whole success off of that success has to be health success has to be getting through the protocol and improving my quality of life it couldn't be it couldn't be competing because if i got through the gut protocol and it turned out in the end that I couldn't compete or that's all I was stressed about the whole time because stress is so important to your gut and your brain um, and so detrimental at the same time. Like I could tip the scale right back um, to where I started or worse. Um, so, and we know that stress is a huge, huge, huge component for me because of how stressed I was in the past and how it correlated with my symptoms. Um, but I'm just, I think I've mourned the loss of the competitor that I am. I haven't given up. By all means, I've not given up. I'm still posing. I'm still doing my vacuums. I'm still doing, I'm checking off my protocol every single day, even though I wrote it for myself. Even though it's more for like a lifestyle kind of fit, I did it anyway. It was a maintenance maintenance macros, you know, maintenance, no cardio, quote, cardio, etc. I check those off every day because that's the person that I am and I'm never going to give up on competing. But I have mourned the death of my competitive career in the sense that if I never get to go back, I'm okay with that. It would just be a bonus at this point. I'm almost looking at it like I don't have a competitive career anymore. And that way, if I do anything extra other than getting better in terms of my gut and my hormones and my brain and my everything, my quality of life, just to get better, that's the success. The cherry on top, the extra, the garnish to the nice little margarita would be getting to compete again. Um, I just want to be a real bodybuilder again at this point. I just want to get better and I want to hopefully unlock my true potential. I want to grow. I want to be a fucking monster. The amount of size of muscle specifically that I have been able to put on since starting bodybuilding in two years with how fucked up my body is, is actually pretty impressive. Like I haven't had a functioning system for protein synthesis and like muscle building since ever I don't think you know talking with Austin like I seriously think that I fucking came out the womb with SIBO 
like that's possible because you're you get your microflora from your mom and i i we've had digestive sim- symptoms and issues in my family for as long as my family can remember and i wouldn't doubt that 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 shit can get passed on so i wouldn't doubt that i was born with it so i wouldn't doubt that i have never had a properly functioning body my entire life i would argue that i came out the womb with inflammation looking at me looking at me as a kid i wasn't fat i was inflamed and i know that because i know what i look and feel like without it and now i can spot it immediately on the day when i wake up in the morning on the hour when it changes throughout the day and chronic inflammation is one of the worst possible things for your health one of the worst that leads to chronic disease um and autoimmune diseases specifically because your immune system is completely targeted and just beaten beaten down so I wouldn't doubt that I've had this for a very long time. So for how far that I've come with being sick as long as I have, I'm pretty impressed and pretty proud of myself, and I give myself the pat on the back for that. Um, but from here on out, I've officially chosen the person that I'm putting my trust in and taking my hands off the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Austin, take the wheel. <laughs> and we're going to see uh, where we can take this. I'm in no rush. Um I'm just, I'm here for him to learn my body and to point me in the right direction. And I couldn't have picked a better person to do it with. So I'm very, very excited to get started with Austin and to see where we can go. Um, So that's my big announcement, but um, that is not the topic of this episode that I wanted to talk about today. So let's get into that today. Enough about me. I've rambled for 20 minutes and you're probably bored. So if you've made it this far, I applaud you. Um, Anyways. What I wanted to talk to you guys about today are, as we're talking about, you know, physique improvement and growing and, you know, being able to properly set your body up and your body processes up for its healthiest physique improvement. In this podcast today, I wanted to talk about my top tips for physique improvement that you should be doing and prioritizing. I've got about 10 bullet points that I want to go over with you guys today, so I'll just hit on each one. We'll see how long this podcast takes, but this kind of has a little bit for everybody. So it's got some things for beginners um, that are kind of no-brainers if you've been bodybuilding. Um, And it's also got some a little bit more specific things towards the end that bodybuilders can still apply uh, that you may may know, but you may need a little bit of a reminder on it. So here you are, and you are welcome. Um, So number one (laughs) in my top tips for physique improvement, number one is get a coach. Um, let me be an example for you. (laughs) Get a coach. Um, this stuff is hard. Um, even if you are super, super smart, it is always good to have somebody to look at your physique, your progress, your labs, your biofeedback as a subjective third party that is probably smarter than you. Um, even coaches have coaches. Even the best coaches have coaches. Um, it is like even Olympians have coaches. If Olympians have coaches, you need a coach too. I really feel like I shouldn't have to elaborate more on that. Um, you don't know more than them. I can almost guarantee it. And even like, again, even if you do, it is so beneficial to have a second set of eyes that because when you're deep in the trenches of prep, of bulking, of whatever, like we're bodybuilders and body dysmorphia is run so rampant <laughs> in our population. So you're, but you look at yourself every single day 
and you're going to look at yourself subjectively. So it's just get somebody else to look at you objectively, look at your case, look at your biofeedback, help you assess and even bounce ideas off each other. That was my first coach. You know, my first coach definitely knew more than me. Absolutely. But um, they were super beneficial because we could bounce back and forth. And I actually learned a lot about bodybuilding just by asking and just learning about the sport. And um, I knew all the biological processes, but in terms of humans, it got a little more messy for me because I'm more of an animal person. Um, so, you know, it's just get a coach. That's number one. Moving on. Anyways, number two, your diet obviously is going to be so immensely huge for physique improvement. Um, if you want to gain weight, you need to be in a caloric surplus, meaning you need to be eating more than you're burning. If you want to lose weight, the number one thing, caloric deficit. You've got to be eating or consuming less than you are burning off. Um, that's it. Um, you've got to track your food. Um, I, I've told you guys a million times how my mom comes to me all the time and is like, Maddie, I need to lose weight. How do I do that? And I'm like, well, it's definitely not, you know, going to eight cardio classes a day. That's for sure. It's not going to do it. Um, <laughs> but there's a lot to it, seemingly, people think, of tracking your food, when in all reality, it's really quite simple. I would agree, like, that was my biggest thing when I first started my fitness journey, or the first thing that, like, really deterred me from starting my fitness journey was the tracking of food, because it does get laborious and cumbersome and boring, and uh, it's kind of a chore, you know? It is. It definitely is. It's not fun to take time out of whatever you're doing to input your meals or write them down or calculate your macros or whatever. Um, but the cool thing is if you have a coach, you can follow a meal plan and they can tell you exactly what to eat. Problem solved. Um, let them figure it out for you. But obviously your diet is going to be so, 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 so big for your physique. I mean, what do they say? It's like 80% nutrition and 20% training is what creates the physique. Um, I mean, for like a average person, yeah, I would absolutely say that. Um, it's going to depend way more on what you per put in your mouth versus how often you're in the gym specifically. Um, and you shouldn't be eating whatever you want and then trying to burn it off with cardio because that's not sustainable and it's not going to set your body up very well. Trust me, you won't get the results that you're looking for. Um, number three is sleep. Um, I don't think that people realize how big sleep um, contributes to your physique development. Um, sleep is everything. And I learned this um, when I was going through my first uh, gut protocol um, because whenever I, that was when I really understood and interpreted that any stress in the body is stress in the body. So like physical stress, mental stress, emotional stress. Um, so working out is stress in the body. Like your stress, your body interprets stress all in the same way. It's all from cortisol. So a physical stressor versus a emotional stressor, they, your body reacts the same way. So if I'm already my guts is just not that great that day or I already don't feel very good or I'm feeling a little under the weather or I have a headache or I'm like lethargic or something like that where I feel really sick or like my gut is all messed up. I'm not training that day because my body already has a ton of internal stress. I'm not adding more stress to it if that makes sense, by physical stress, because it will, again, react in the same way and then you have an overload of cortisol and your body's not going to like that. Um, 
So what I learned, which was so valuable in my gut protocol, was that sleep is my best friend. So anytime that I didn't feel good or I couldn't go to the gym that day, I was napping when I was supposed to be at the gym. Or I was pushing a little harder and then I went to bed immediately after that at like 6 p.m. And trust me, if your body needs it, you will sleep. I could sleep, like I am one that like it needs to be dark and silent in my room when I sleep. But when I was sick, I could sleep in the middle of the day in a grass field, I'm sure, with my eyes open at that point. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, Dramatic, yes. But the more I sleep, the better I feel. And I've kept that implemented while I've started to feel better as well. And I've literally found if I don't get eight plus hours of sleep every night, I'm fucked the next day. My body is like absolutely toasted. But if I get over eight hours, I wake up bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, ready to go. If I get less than eight hours, I feel literally sick. Um, And that's just something that I figured out by sleeping more and more and more and trying to balance that with my training. I usually find that I have to do day on training, day off training. Um, and that second day is usually a nap to help recover, um, from the training the day before, but that's also because I was training too hard, but that's a whole other story. Um, (laughs) you know, you know how we do. Anyways, end all be all there. The more you sleep, the more you recover, the better your body is going to improve and grow. Um, The only time that your muscles are actually growing is when they're rebuilding, is when they are resting, is when you are sleeping. And that's it. That's the only time that your muscle grows. It's a scientific proven fact. It's when you're sleeping. So the more you sleep, the more you grow. That's it. There you go. Um, Number four, I put manage your stress and shit. (laughs) Go to therapy, um, meditate, take walks, take time for yourself, um, journal. What else do people do? Uh, I don't know. Take a nature walk. Hang out with your dog. Um, but do things by yourself for yourself. Um, managing your stress is going to be an absolute game changer for your physique. It's similar to sleep. You know, you're only going to be recovering when you're in a relaxed state. Um, If you're sleeping and you're sleeping like shit and your recovery is shit, then you're not building muscle. Um, So managing your stress is so incredibly huge. And unfortunately, bodybuilding coaches, like, they can provide you a little bit of um, guidance on maybe how to attack that, but they can't necessarily tell you they're not a therapist. So they're not going to give you therapy. They're not going to listen to all your problems. Like you've got to do that on your own. And, and frankly, at the age we are now, you know, most people that are listening to this, I would agree would probably be like 24, 25 and up. Um, you're at the age now where you should be handling your shit and handling your stress. Um, no one's going to do it for you. You're an adult, figure it out. If your coach is telling you you're too stressed and you've got to take it down, you've you've got to take that journey on your own. Um, but trust me, I like I said in previous podcasts, I used to be the biggest, largest cynic in terms of meditation, journaling, um, 
yoga, all that crap. Um, I still don't like the idea of it. Um, but when I started meditating, it changed my entire life. Um, I still don't like journaling very much. I used to really like journaling, um, a couple years ago and I just kind of fell out of it. Um, but I do really like short, like guided meditations for like 10 minutes ish. Um, I like deep breathing exercises. Um, I like books, things like that. Um, and I love taking walks by myself with like no phone, no music, no nothing, just me and nature. And just, I like driving sometimes in the country, which in Kentucky is awesome with no radio on and just kind of like listening or observing, parking out somewhere, that kind of stuff, you know? bringing your stress levels down, um, and trying to reduce that cortisol, you know? Um, number five, um, how you train. Um, so this is all about, you know, your mind muscle connection, um, making sure your reps are slow and controlled. If you're getting through a movement in like two or three seconds, you know, that's too, that's too fast. That's not, that's not getting your proper, um, eccentric and concentric contractions. It's just not, it's not. So slow down, focus on your connection and focus on your form. If you cannot do the form right, or if you can't connect and feel it correct, it's not about feeling. I hate using the word feeling because feeling is so subjective. And just because you feel an exercise better, quote, feel does not mean that it's working better. It has really nothing to do with feeling. So your mind-muscle connection is just something that you have to establish um, over a long period of time of just experimenting in the gym and lifting and just doing it. Um, but basically when you're training, you know, is your form correct? Yes. Okay. Um, is the tempo correct? Yes. Are you doing it at, to the proper programming? Um, How is your mind-muscle connection? And if you can do that weight for however many reps your coach says, then you can move up up and wait, but you shouldn't be going up and wait until your form's perfect, your connection's perfect, your tempo is perfect, everything. That's when you can move up um, and that's when you can move to the next weight. And progressive overload also is something obviously that needs to be stressed in your training, but that doesn't need mean that I, I used to personally think, like I'll sit on the nail for that one, like I literally used to think that progressive overload only meant that I had to increase my weight by like five pounds every week. So like if I lateral raised the 15s last week in order to do progressive overload like I had to do 20 the next week but that's not progressive overload progressive overload is just um improving your lift week to week whether that be improve the mind muscle connection improve the tempo improve the connection improve the form um it doesn't have to be up the weight um so I think some people are still stuck on that, but really it does not matter the weight that you lift there are Olympians like freaking Laura Lee Chap does like lateral raises with 10 pound weights you know, it's not about how much you lift or how, if you want to go into powerlifting, like go into powerlifting, but like, this is about looking strong, not necessarily being strong. That's bodybuilding. So if you're trying to be a competitive bodybuilder, it doesn't matter the weight you push. It's how big your freaking muscles look. Okay. Anyways. Um, number six, um, Oh, fuck. I just tied in five and six. Six is bodybuilding isn't about being strong. It's about looking like it. LOL. Just said that. Moving on. Um, number seven. Oh, already said that one too. Progressive overload is important, but the number on the weight shouldn't matter. We just hit that. Okay, cool. We're, we're rolling. We're rolling. Number eight. Um, core control. This is one that is definitely super important that people don't really think about. Um, so this is anything from like Poor core control could be, you know, swinging during your sets, um, 
not engaging your abs, um, just not performing the lift correctly if you're not um, securing that pressure inside your abdomen. Um, so controlling your core, um, you can improve that in many different ways. I mean, um, a lot of people like bodybuilders, uh, advanced bodybuilders like to do vacuums. Um, if you're familiar with those, it's just kind of like a, a it looks like you're just sucking your stomach in really far, but what it's doing is it's um, working the inner abdominals, which are um, a muscle that you can't or are very difficult to hit uh, by just doing sole ab exercises. Um, so this is more of like a uh, controlled hold um, and it's pulling on those um, inner abdominals um, and it helps with core control, especially on stage. That's why a lot of bodybuilders like it, um, but a lot of people do them daily. I do them daily. Um and then you can do ab workouts as well, but, um, I don't know. It's like, it, what did I write here? Not necessarily building in muscles, but strengthening the core. Better. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you can do ab workouts, um, not necessarily to, um, improve the aesthetic of your abs, um, which I'm sure in turn it would, um, but more so to strengthen your core to better, <clears throat> better stabilize you during your lifts um, and target the correct muscles. So one thing, I'll use Chase for an example. Chase um, has a tendency to go way heavier than he's supposed to on his lateral raises. And he completely um, recruits his traps first and then swings up onto his toes to pull the weights up next to his shoulders. Um, so he goes traps first and then he bounces up and throws the weights up. That would be a very incorrect lateral raise and we've been working on breaking this habit <laughs> um he knows how to do them correctly it's more so he's done them wrong for so long that like his brain tells his body this is what he's supposed to do but like we're working on it okay um but so he doesn't really have a lot of core control there and he's not using his medial delts at all he's using his traps completely and then kind of his delts to throw up the weight but it's not working his medial delt like he's supposed to be working um and therefore the muscle is not going to grow correctly so controlling your core can be super super important especially in squats and deadlifts and big compound movements um those are really really important too if you don't have your core you're not going to lift correctly uh, or perform the lift correctly and you could also get really hurt so let's focus on that please thank you um Number nine, I put specific programming for your goals. Um, so this is more geared towards competitors. Um, making sure that, you know, your coach isn't just pumping out cookie cutter programming to you and all of your athletes uh, or all of your teammates, I'm sorry. Um, and making sure that your programming is specific to, you know, your division if you're a competitor or it's specific to your goal if you're working towards like a more of a sports goal or like powerlifting. I don't know anything about powerlifting, um, but uh, bodybuilding, like specifically like as a wellness athlete, I need an I need a program that is more geared towards my lower half because the division is lower half dominant. That's just an example. Uh, uh, or, you know, that's just in the most simplistic of terms. But if you're somebody else that no matter what your division is, if you have lagging body parts, like you need programming that addresses those lagging body parts to bring those up to better balance your physique. Um, so you just want to be targeting what you're trying to improve, obviously. So if the judge's feedback was to grow your glutes, you're having a program that grows your glutes. Um, it sounds very duh. <laughs> of me to say, uh, very obvious, but, um, you'd be surprised at the programming 
that I have seen and the lack of direction that it holds. Um, and then number 10, we'll wrap it up with number 10, which is just short, sweet, little chef's kiss, cherry on top, is uh, the probably my number one tip, um, other than get a coach, <laughs> number one tip for physique improvement, which is just patience and consistency. Bodybuilding is a long game. And I think it was, um, oh, Dom Kuza, right? Gifted Kuza on Instagram. I think he always comes with the good quotes. Um, I think he posted something where he was like, bodybuilding is the sport that requires the most patience with the athletes that are the least patient or something more poetic than that. I don't know. Basically, we have a sport that is all about patience and we have the least patient people in the world participating in the sport. Um, bodybuilding is a waiting game. It really is a waiting game. Um, I am a firm believer of don't step on stage until you're stage ready. Um, I know that I didn't really follow that. Um, but my situation was a little bit different where we had health complications, um, and didn't know what was going to happen with my physique. And I had already paid for everything. So that was when I was like, I'm doing it more for experience and to make sure, I mean, everybody has to have like a rookie show to make sure that they, uh, like what they're doing. Um, so that was my rookie show, but, um, the rookie shows don't count other than the rookie show. You shouldn't be stepping on stage if you were not stage ready. Um, the amount of people that get on stage and just do shows for shows, whether it be because you enjoy it, because you enjoy wasting money or because of the Instagram clout from it. I don't really know. Um, personally, I don't understand it because if I didn't feel, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm sure that if your coach is like, you're ready, absolutely. I would probably at that point, that's when you have somebody that you're supposed to be trusting. That's the, that's why you get a coach because you're supposed to have somebody that you trust. And if they're going to put you on stage without you looking like you're stage ready and you get up there and you embarrass yourself amongst all these fucking cutthroat people that have, you know, 4% body fat, not actually, but like literally are so conditioned and you look like you're eight weeks out, that's going to be really embarrassing. And I think that everyone should probably try to save themselves from that. And that is just the ego part of it. That's not even the money. I will never understand the lack of self-awareness where people get on stage and go to a show, whether it be national or local. National is even more ridiculous. But going to a show and competing and you're not ready and you've just spent bands, dude, like bands on this and you know you're not ready. And for why? Is that not embarrassing and then also just a waste of money and a waste of time too? Like, I don't think that anybody enjoys being in prep that doesn't win. You know what I mean? Like, I understand people that love the sport and like, but I think that everybody that competes is competing to win. So if you're prepping over and over and over and over and over again for all these shows and you're getting last and last and last and last and last or really bad placings every time and you're not improving every time, wouldn't that upset you? I don't know. I'm not trying to like shame anybody. If you've got money to blow and you want to do 8 million shows and ruin your body, go for it. But there's just so many negatives that I just don't understand why people do it. Like, go away and fix everything that you need to fix and come back when you're ready. Don't just keep coming back and testing the water in eight months because guess what? Nothing's changed. 
I'm sorry, but it hasn't. So be patient, be consistent. I made an Instagram post about this the other day. So you're obsessed with bodybuilding? Great. Be obsessed with your protocol. So you want to be a pro? Be a pro off stage if you want to be a pro on stage. You know, like do your work in the dark when the lights are off so that when you go on stage and the lights come on, you're undeniable. You're unbeatable. You're walking on that stage being like, fuck this. I have the overall. It's not a, oh, am I going to win the overall? It's we've got this. Go up there and just don't even let the judges have a second thought about who's the winner. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't go until you're ready. I'm not stepping on that stage ever again unless I can produce a stage-ready physique. I will go through a prep with a coach, you know, pending all of this works out well. Go through a prep and we're not going to pick a show. We're just going to start to go down and see what my body's doing and see how it responds. And guess what? If it's not responding well, we're going to keep figuring it out. And if it's not something that's in the cards, then it's not. But for most of the normal people out there that don't have any issues, you know if you have enough muscle or not. Look at the top people in those categories. Look at the top the top placings at nationals or at USA's or Universe or whatever. And look at those girls. And if you can't hold a candle to them, I'm sorry, Jillian. Sit the fuck down, dude. Like, why? I just don't get it. Okay, sorry. That was more of like a rant than anything else. But that's something that has had to be said for a very long time. Um, if you're not ready, don't go. Okay? Just don't. It's just, it's just, it's not a good look. And coaches, don't put your uh, competitors on stage that aren't ready, okay? Because that's terrible for your name. And it's just bad. Oh, it's just bad all around. It's bad for their bodies. It's bad. Slimy. I don't like it. Anyways, um, patience and consistency are going to get you the farthest. Um, So... This was a little bit (laughs) all over the place, but I appreciate you guys. Um, Just kind of throwing my thoughts out there for you. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, I'm so excited for the guests that are to come. I like, I'm literally itching to tell you guys, like, it's just gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna blow up. I'm really super, super excited to get to talk about my most favorite thing in the entire world with, uh, people that are successful in this sport, people that also love this sport, people that are, I don't know, just cool people in this sport, whatever. Um, If it's ever anybody that you want to hear on the podcast, guys, like please reach out, uh, shoot me a DM, let's chat about it. I would love to hear your ideas. Um, But as usual, if you guys could subscribe, rate, review, share, send your podcast, send this podcast to a friend, uh, put it on your Instagram story, anything helps. Um, I appreciate you guys the most and thank you for sticking with me through all the chaos <laughs> and nuttiness that is the Force the Change podcast. Um, I will see you all next week.